morning, afternoon, good evening. It is Tiffany Harris-Gill, Assistant Principal of Student Services, here hosting another podcast episode about what? Student services, yeah. So our episode today is going to be focused on an IEP at a glance. You know, what are five things that we should look for when we are reading an IEP? Go ahead and uh, get comfortable, get on that walk, and stay tuned for another episode. All right, number one, present level of performance. Sometimes people call this a plop, or sometimes they call it a plop, or sometimes they call it a plep, and sometimes they call it a plef. And I probably was um, spitting, so I'm glad I recorded this by myself. (laughs) So the present level of academic achievement and functional performance, or PLAF, or PLEP, or present level of educational performance. This describes the current student's abilities right now. Like, what can they do right now? What are their skills? What are their challenges? What are their strengths at the time where the IEP is written? It covers both the academic performance and then everyday functional skills. Academic performance refers to how a student is doing based on grade level standards. And then, like, are they working at standard? Are they working below the standard? Functional performance means activity of daily living that are not just academic. So, for instance, where my son, he might have a um, a functional performance such as, like, tying his shoe or putting his shoes on, taking his shoes off. So those aren't necessarily academic. He also might have something about like sitting at his desk for um, 15 minutes uninterrupted, or his might be a communication skills, skills of eating, getting dressed, mobility. Um, This a disability can impact both the academic and the functional skills. So how do we apply this to our classroom? A present level of performance answers two questions. One is where does where do the student's skills and knowledge currently stand? And then how does the student's disability impact involvement and progress in the general education cu- curriculum? This information helps you best support the student's learning in your classroom. So if the student's challenges are in the subject you teach, knowing the present level of performance will help you adjust your instruction to meet those needs. Keep in mind that some challenges like reading may impact many subjects. Annual goals. Now, all IEPs have annual goals. These goals build on the student's present level of performance. So once you know where the student is, then you need to know where the student is going to go. So an IEP team believes that the student should be able to achieve the goals in one calendar year. And depending on when an IEP is written, the goals may span more than one academic year. For instance, an IEP that's written in May will have an annual review next May. So how does this apply to your classroom? Each goal is just describes a skill or a subject area that the student is focusing on that they might show some type of weakness in and the targeted results. It's like a map describing where the student is going this year, the route for getting there, and the stops along the way. We normally use a technique called right, you know, a SMART goal. So this is the best practice for an IEP team 
to to write a smart goal, right? Smart stands for something. It stands for specific, measurable, attainable, results oriented, and time bound. These goals often spell out how progress will be measured. So if you teach the content of one of these goals, like language arts or math, you may be responsible for tracking and reporting on progress. The same is true if you're helping the student with functional skills that special education law requires that the student's progress towards IEP goals are reported as often as progress is reported for students without IEPs. What that means is as we progress through these goals, Every time there is like a progress report, it's progress report time, um, send a progress report home to the parent. You're also reporting on the goals. So you're where we report that nah, we're reporting those grades that that kid made. And then we're also reporting on where they got in their goals during that time. So those are also sent out to parents. So number number three on you know helping to read an IEP, you'll see special education and related services. So every IEP has a section that describes the services a student receives. And this includes specifically designed instruction and related services like speech therapy, occupational therapy, and social work services. An IEP also states how often and where the services take place. It lists the school staff responsible for each service. There's also information about any services outside the regular school year, as well as transition planning for our um, future high schoolers. So when a kid turns 14, they go through transition plannings, trying to determine where they're gonna go in life. Um, and then let's talk about how this applies to your classroom. What's the services mean? Um, sometimes special education and related services take place in the general education classroom. As in our case, we have co-teaching going on in a general education classroom where there is a second teacher in the classroom. That means you and other school staff will need to plan and work together to provide instruction for the student. The IEP may list consultation services to account for this planning time. It also is helpful to know uh, how often a student may be pulled out of your classroom for services. You can then work with the service provider on scheduling to help the student get as much instructional time in your classroom as possible. Number four. So we have like supplementary aids, services, modifications, and or supports. So an IEP will have a section on supplementary aids and services and may list accommodations, modifications, assistive technology, along when and where they'll be used. These supports will help the student access learning in your classroom, as well as throughout all school activities. This is typically where you'll see like the kid gets read aloud. This is where you'll see that the kid may get a piece of assistive technology, like a pencil grip. That's assistive technology. Um, tech, assistive technology is not necessarily technology like a computer, but it can give me something as simple as a pencil grip. Um, so how does this apply to you in your classroom? 
This is one of the most important parts of the IEP for you as a general education teacher. Chances are you'll need to manage the student's accommodations in the classroom. You may need specific training to do what the IEP requires, so don't hesitate to ask for it. You'll find, also find information about how the student will take parts in state test or map testing. Most students who learn and think differently will take the same test as the rest of your, of your students, but they may use accommodations like extra time, a scribe. A scribe is somebody who writes for them or a quiet setting for those tests. And you should document anytime the student uses this, especially for any assessment that you're using in your class. The idea of this is that these accommodation modifications are not just for state tests because you have to prove that you've been using that modification and accommodation all throughout the school year, regularly embedded in your classroom. Sometimes the IEP team may determine that a certain test isn't appropriate for a student, and the IEP will explain why and give information about other ways to assess that student. So that's just sometimes um, there are there is a state test, and then sometimes there's a modified state test, and and that will be indicated on the student's IEP. All right, number five. There's notes and considerations, including special factors. An IEP team generally includes a catch-all section for notes. It will have like comments and concerns that this family will raise at the IEP meeting. And often this part of the IEP also lets you know whether the student has other barriers that get in the way of their learning. For example, the student may have behavior challenges or be an English language learner, ELL. That means that um, English is not their first language. So how does this apply to your classroom? Knowing the family's concerns as well as what they see as their child's strengths can help you build a relationship with both the students and the families. Plus, it can give you an insight into ways to engage the student. It can also help you know what other obstacles are in the way of learning. If your student is an ELL, you might need to learn more about how to support that student and connect with the family. So oftentimes in ELL families, you'll find that the family themselves don't speak any English um, and you'll need a translator during that time. A student also whose disability involves behavior challenges that impact learning might also have a behavior intervention plan, or we call this a BIP. Miss um, Nikki is our BIP manager. She um, helps to follow through on what is written out in these kids' plans. So if the plan isn't attached to the IEP, ask the IEP case manager to see it. You may have me responsible for putting parts of the plan and practice in your classroom. These are not the only things that are located on a student's IEP. An IEP has old IEPs in there, so you can check out the history of the student, some of their older goals and things like that. They have evaluation materials in there. You can see their testing. Um, you can also see that an IEP is different depending upon where they come from. For instance, if they come from 
the another school, then the IEP will look very different in structure than if they came from our school. So it just really honestly depends like state to state, uh, district to district, you're going to see different IEPs. And um, you need to understand that most all the IEPs have the same components in them. And so you should always read the entire IEP, but just in case, these are your five focuses to keep yourself in compliance. I am Tiffany Harris Gill, Assistant Principal of Student Services, and this has been a top-notch KIPP production. Yeah, Q, shout out to you. You you came up with that one. Um, let's tell me how that one went. I'm out. <laughs>